Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. This week, as we all realise, Colin, is Holy Week, and you have chosen to take the subject of holiness. Yes, we want this Holy Week to be a real Holy Week. And I'm sure that most people listening are very familiar with the events of the Passion of the Crucifixion. And, of course, we'll be alluding to the cross as we talk about holiness. But this is a much misunderstood subject. I suppose... If you ask most Christians, uh, do you want to be holy, you get a very embarrassed kind of response because a lot of people don't understand or think that it's possible to live a holy life. They tend to think this is something for the spiritual elite. They don't see themselves as a holy people. So we've first of all got to understand what we mean by this word holy and what we mean by the word holiness. Uh, If most people were to make a list of the things that they want God to do most in their lives, Holiness probably wouldn't even be on the list. Whereas when you look at the scriptures, holiness is God's number one. It's top of his hit parade all the time. And that is because he himself is holy. As we know, the whole host of heaven that surrounds the throne of God are proclaiming day and night that he is holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. This is his essential nature. But what does it mean to say that he is holy? It's very difficult for us to put this adequately into words because God alone really is holy in and of himself. And the nearest we can come to explaining this is to say that he is whole, he is complete, he is perfect, he needs no one or nothing else to be who he is. So he is, if you like, completely self-contained and perfect in his whole being. Now, He has always wanted a holy people. So his call upon the Jews in the Old Testament was to be a holy people. And holy in that context means he wants a people for himself, a people who will be like him. So the word holy comes to mean those who are set apart for God. His holiness sets him apart from all that he has made. He is above and beyond and greater than the creation he has brought into being. So those he calls to be his holy people are the people that he has set apart for himself, for his plans and his purposes. 
Now, as we know, historically, Israel usually failed to live up to her calling to be that holy people because continually people fulfilled their own plans, their own purposes, rather than the will and the purpose of God. So, of course, when he sent his son, it was to create not a nation that was often disobedient, but a new kind of nation, the kingdom of God here on earth, not a territorial nation, but a people that was set apart for God to fulfill the purposes of God that his kingdom would come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, holiness, therefore, is very, very practical. It's not just being ever so good. It's not simply just being pure, although goodness and purity are aspects of holiness. If we want to know what holiness is in action, in practice, all we have to do, of course, is to look at the life of Jesus because he came to show us by his own lifestyle what it is that God wants of a holy people. Jesus lived the holy life. Now, what did that mean for him? It meant that he lived in complete submission to his Father. He said, I haven't come to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So we see he was obedient to the Father. So a holy people will be a people submitted to God because they're called and set apart for his purposes. They will be a people that are seeking, therefore, to obey God, to fulfill the plans and purposes that he has for their lives. Now, that's worked out, you see, in the life of Jesus, in living the life of the kingdom, in promoting the kingdom of God, in seeing the kingdom of God extended, in actually exercising the authority and the power of the kingdom. So as you look at the life of Jesus, you could say that to heal the sick is another aspect of holiness. To cast out demonic powers from the lives of people is another aspect of holiness. It's not simply correct behavior. It's doing the will of God. It's fulfilling the purposes for which we are set apart. So holiness is very practical, and actually it's very exciting because it, the, the closer we walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, the more his holiness will be reflected in our lives, the more his will will be accomplished in our lives, and the more of his authority and power will be manifested through our lives. So holiness has some very, very exciting uh, repercussions in our lives. Maybe it's just a word that we're not familiar with. It's not in everyday usage. Is that why we don't understand it properly? It's a word we're afraid of. We're afraid of it because we think it's beyond us. And so our starting point has to be what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, where he says, Jesus 
is our wisdom from God. He is our righteousness. He is our holiness. Now, if you are a born-again believer and you have received the gift of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of holiness lives in you. The spirit of Christ lives in you. So it isn't that you are going to try by your own efforts to live a holy life. You have the Holy One within you. John, in his first epistle, says, you have the anointing of the Holy One, and that anointing remains in you. So, to be holy in practice for us as Christians today is to allow the spirit of holiness to be manifested in our lives. So he will produce the fruit of the spirit. And each aspect of that fruit is an aspect of holiness. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Each one of those is an aspect of holiness. So we're to live in holy love and holy peace and holy joy and so on. Also, of course, the Holy Spirit releases what we call gifts of the Spirit in our lives. So we have, therefore, another way in which holiness, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of holiness, operates through our lives. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, miracles, healings, um, the prophetic gifts, the speaking in tongues and interpreting tongues, the discerning of spirits, uh, and the working of miracles. You see, all these things are other aspects of holiness and you see them in the ministry of Jesus, apart from speaking in tongues. He didn't need to do that because he had perfect understanding of the will of God. So we see every uh, aspect of the Holy Spirit is to be reflected in our lives personally and therefore corporately in the life of the church. It isn't that we are trying to be holy. It isn't that we are trying to live holy lives. But first of all, we have to realize that when we were born again, that was because God had called us, he had chosen us, he had set us apart for himself to belong to him in order that we might now fulfill his will, his plan, his purpose for our lives. He knew we could not do that in our own strength. For thousands of years, Israel had failed to please the Lord by trying to do so in their own strength. So now God puts the spirit of holiness, the spirit of God, the spirit of Christ in us so that as he is, is manifested in our lives, his life, his love, his power, we actually live and relate in holiness to God and to others. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 